Hey there team, Lindsay here welcoming you back Beyond the Walls with Team World Vision. Woo wee, my friends, it is August. I mean, is anyone just their head spinning? It is August. The summer has been flying by and I don't know if you feel like your miles have been flying by, but I want you to stop, at least in your mind right now. If you're moving your feet, keep going. But I want you to stop and think about day one, maybe week one. Maybe you're one of your longest runs. Friends, you have come a long way. And while it might seem like you have a long way to go, whether in your miles or your fundraising, you have come a long way and that is to be celebrated. And my friends, know that every step you have taken, it also means that kids and communities have come along with you. We are changing lives through sponsorship and clean water. And friends, we are 60 days, many of us 60 days plus or minus from our finish line. Indy, Madison, you, your finish line's a little bit further off into, into November. But friends, 60 to 90 days from now, we are gonna be ringing cowbells and giving high fives and crossing finish lines. But just as important, we will be celebrating new start lines for life, for kids and communities around the world through the gift of clean water. My friends, you know, I know that you know that school attendance is up as much as 80% in communities after they receive clean water, that the child mortality rate is cut in half. And friends, if, if you're not real familiar with the child mortality rate, in some places that we work, what that means is that kids are dying before the age of five. In many places, that actually looks like 50% of kids not seeing their fifth birthdays due to things like diarrhea, water-related illnesses. And your miles, your footsteps, your bold invitations are changing that reality. Friends, can you imagine the joy, the relief that you are offering a mother knowing that her kids her kids are gonna live well past the age of five and they are going to be able to chase their hopes and dreams with this new start line at life. Friends, that's what we are doing today. That's what you're doing right now as you move your feet, as you wipe that sweat off your brow. Friends, lean in, keep going and pace yourselves because we have about 60 days to go to get to that finish line and celebrate those start lines. And every mile has a name. So here you go as we fire you up today, as we lean in to tell you how you can physically get through these miles. We have a very special guest coming up for you. I also want to encourage you about how you are going to crush your fundraising and make more and more impact with every step that you take and every mile that you rock. All right. On Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, August 10th, my friends, here we go. We have a summer splash double up opportunity for your fundraising. That's right. You need to set your goal high, share your goal with friends and family, invite them in and let them know that the first $300,000 raised nationally for Team World Vision on Tuesday, August 10th, starting at 5 a.m. Pacific time, 7 a.m. Central time, 8 a.m. Eastern time, will be doubled. That's right. First come, first serve, the first $300,000 that hits our pages nationally this weekend will be doubled, doubled. That's my, my friends, whoo, for clean water. So what does this mean? That means that lives will be transformed, that every gift that's given, not one kid will get clean water, but two, not four, make it eight. Friends, so make your ask boldly and clearly and specifically to your friends and family and let them know that they need to donate early because we have big goals on Tuesday so that we can cross these finish lines with no regrets. 
If you have any questions, check out your dashboard, your Team World Vision dashboard online, or reach out to your local area director to get more information. Friends, also impact nights are coming. So check your email if you haven't yet or heard about this. Friends, we gather to run, yes, and be sweaty together to conquer these miles together, but we also have non-sweaty events. Some are virtual and online, some are in person, but look at your email and make sure that you are plugging into an impact night, a mid-season non-sweaty event that we gather together to be inspired and understand the true impact that we are making in the field. So now, if you've been moving your feet and you're moving your feet right now, you've probably been at it for a while, which means that your miles have been mounting and you've been running through the dog days of summer, then you have maybe experienced some training ups and downs, huh? I know, and we all have them, ups and downs. And maybe some of you have even experienced the age-old bonk, like bonking, like, oh, what just happened? That did not go well. Well, friends, it's okay. Welcome to the club. It happens to all of us. Practice makes perfect. And this is our opportunity to push through those bad runs so we can get to better runs and take good care of ourselves. And friends, if you're feeling behind right now, I want to encourage you. Our training plan is aimed at a non-runner and is designed to get you through those hard runs and even through injuries to keep you going. So today, without further ado, we have a friend with us to help you through those hard miles, to get you caught up in your training, and to let you know from a medical perspective how to push through, when to lean back, when to give yourself grace, um, all of those things. So give it up to our very special guest, Dr. Callie Eckert. She is a doctor of physical therapy and owner of Remedy Physical Therapy and Wellness in Chicago. She is joining our very special podcast producer and editor, Julie Beershank, who is also a Team World Vision runner, y'all. She has logged these miles. She understands the ups and downs. And she sat down and asked Callie some really important questions in the middle of the season that we need to look at. What do we do with aches and pains? How do we push through injury? When do we push? When do we rest? Friends, check out this unbelievable conversation that we have been blessed with. I hope it blesses you. Kelly, welcome back to Beyond the Walls with Team World Vision. How are you this morning? Hi, Julie. Thanks for having me back. I'm doing great. Thank you. Callie, can you just refresh us on like what it is you do, your background? You've been with us on the podcast before, but I just want everyone to be reacquainted if they didn't listen to the past episode with you. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do, your expertise, and a little bit about Remedy? So I am a physical therapist here in Chicago, but before I opened my clinic, Remedy Physical Therapy and Wellness in Uptown, I was a runner and triathlete with Team World Vision. So I've been with Team World Vision a little bit longer than with my company, but now it's a lot of fun to use the physical therapy background that I have to talk with athletes who are participating with Team World Vision. I know a lot of people, I mean, you know this firsthand, it's just like so many people in our ministry are brand new to running. There are a lot of people are brand new to triathlon. Um so I think like anytime that there's anytime that there's an expert on training and just an expert on the body and how the body moves, all of our runners are just kind of like on the edge of their seats. Like, what more can I know? How can I get to the start line? How can I get to the finish line? 
Um, but one of the reasons why I, I was just super interested in having you back on the podcast for those of you moving your feet right now, it's right after 4th of July. So we're coming out of a, out of a long weekend and I don't know about you, Callie, but this is around the time that I start to get behind in training. Sometimes, you know, like it can be due to an injury. Um, and we can talk more about that, but I feel like once the summer starts to pick up and things are more festive, people are going on vacation. That's kind of the time when people just get behind in their training. And I thought it would just be interesting to kind of talk to you about experiences of getting behind. How do you get caught up in a good way and a healthy way? And maybe what are some of your experiences with that? <laughs> well, I'm definitely feeling that right now I'm training for Ironman Wisconsin with Team World Vision. So I'm in my own training plan too. And I'm feeling that getting behind and it is, it feels stressful and there's um, some anxiety around it because we all have a goal. We all have this, this vision of getting to the start line and getting to the finish line. And we all have the bigger goal of clean water. So we don't want anything to get in the way. So it can be frustrating looking at that training plan and realizing you haven't made those X's over those certain days. You've missed some runs, you've missed some bike rides or swims if you're a triathlete it's frustrating and it can be discouraging, but it doesn't have to continue this way. And I do see a lot of athletes right now who are coming in after they've been training for a little bit this summer, maybe people weren't as active last year. So I'm seeing some athletes coming in with these overuse injuries or injuries that occur after you've been sedentary for a long time. And then you amp, you ramp up too quickly. So it's a very common thing when you're not following a training plan the right way. And maybe you then try too quickly to catch up. You can experience fatigue or these overuse injuries. So it is really important to try to get back on track, like you said, in the right way. I think one of the major mantras to have is start where you are, not where you're going. Don't start with an 18 mile run. If you haven't done a 16 mile, a 12 mile run, don't try to start with 18 miles because that's where you're supposed to be in the training plan. So if you've done the successful five, six, seven, eight mile runs, great. Start there, build from those, but don't be so hard on yourself that you think I have to go 18 miles this weekend, even though I've missed two weeks of training. Start where you are, not where you're going. That's, that's really good. And you have to have a lot of patience that's a hard thing to kind of grasp because when you're behind the last thing that you're probably thinking about is staying patient in your training. Um, cause you just, you're kind of going into panic mode. I think I've like, I've seen the term panic train before it's like <laughs> cramming for a test. <laughs> um, maybe that works in college with our brains, but not, not so much with our bodies. <laughs> Exactly. It doesn't work the same way. You can't cram for this marathon. You can't panic train for a marathon. It's, it's going to lead to fatigue overuse. It's not a matter of if you get hurt, it's probably more like when you get hurt mm -hmm. and the finish line feels farther away if you're dealing with an injury. So the best way to do it, start where you are, not where you're going. You definitely need to have those rest days. You need to be listening to your body um, there's, there's so many things to think about when you're trying to get in. There's so many things that I want to be saying all at the same time right now. <laughs> hey, all like literally say all of them. We have all the time. Okay. 
the best way to look at a training plan. This is my own personal little phrase that I've sort of found myself repeating to myself and to patients or clients over the last few years. When you're dealing with, especially when you're dealing with an injury, but even in this case, we can say when you're dealing with a training plan, you need to load it and then you need to love it. So you're loading it, you're stressing yourself, you're going for a run, you're going for a bike ride, you're putting the physical demand on your body, you're loading it. If you continue to load it day after day, you can run into some problems. If you load it and then love it, that's a rest day. You load it and you love it. So that's the phrase that I've been saying to myself over and over and to different patients over the last few years, you load it and you love it. So loving it would be a rest day. That's going to include things like sleep, hydration, getting lots of protein, good food, maybe those things like foam rolling or stretching that you want to do. Um, Even cross training, if you're training for the marathon, you're running all the time and maybe that rest day, that day where you're just giving yourself a little break, that can be things like riding a bike or doing another form of exercise, just trying to stay active. Um, You're not necessarily going to be sitting on the couch all day but you can be moving your body in a different way. That's not putting the same physical demand on yourself that running does. So through this training plan, what the coaches have been putting into place for us is this pattern of loading it, loving it, making sure that your body gets all of that rest and recovery time that it needs. That's really helpful. Loading it and loving it. (laughs) And we forget the loving part, which makes the loading way more like I am back. We all signed up for these things because it's fun. We've got somebody encouraging us, telling us we can make it there. We can make it to the finish line. There's going to be people on the other side of the globe that are positively impacted by our fundraising. We've all got, we, we all started this whole journey with really good things in mind. And if we're just constantly loading and stressing our bodies, that's not going to be as fun as we had originally envisioned it being, and it can be fun. When you're thinking about how much recovery time do I need, you're going to be thinking about things like your age, and there are people much older than me who are in much better physical condition than me. So it's not just age, it's your previous level of activity and your overall health. Um, And then things like the other stressors that you might have in your life, those are things that can be really physically demanding or really taking a toll on you also that you have to consider when you're deciding how much rest do I need. Doing a regular training program with multiple runs during a week and then a long run at the end of the week or once a week, that might be great for someone. And it might be too much stress built up over time. You do that for two or three weeks and it might leave one person feeling great following it regularly. And it might leave another person feeling completely drained and they may need to take two or three days longer than someone else to really recover from that. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is really when you're looking at the training plan, like you need to be looking at the training plan and looking at the mileage, but also like a balance between what's on paper and what your body is telling you. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. It's um, how fatigued you are, how stressed you are in your life. What can you really accomplish? The people who are making our training plans are very well educated. They know what they're doing, but they don't know each of us. Mm-hmm. And there are physical, um, there are personal characteristics that all of us are dealing with every day, um, personal stresses and other factors that might affect our ability to follow a training plan completely. So if you need more rest, if you're feeling fatigued or if you're feeling like you have an injury developing, it's okay to take extra time and address that and deal with it and think about your overall health. And then you'll be able to jump back on the training plan and maybe slowly ramp up until you get back to where you need to be. The folks who are perhaps panic training, say like you're moving your feet right now and you're, when you hear the word, the phrase panic train, you're like, Ooh, that's me. I don't know. What are some of the, maybe some of the indicators that you might be panic training? So listening to your body, that is fatigue. That is sleep. That's how hydration, nutrition, and it's listening to your body about injuries. So your panic training and every time you run, this is whether you're panic training or just going out for one of your runs, you start feeling something, you start feeling a little tweak, a little twinge, something that's not really comfortable. Um, it's either at the beginning of your run and then it kind of goes away as you start running or it's developing throughout your run. Um, those are things that those are two things that you can be paying attention to. Not that they're a problem yet, but paying attention to them and um, staying in tune with them is something that can help you down the road. Typically when we're talking about overuse injuries, it's going to be a tendon injury, tendonitis, tendinopathy, both of those terms for tendon injuries. Those are typically the things with endurance sports that become problems for us. It's a mechanical loading. It's the way we're running. It's a weakness in a certain muscle or limited range of motion in a certain joint. Those things that alter the way we're moving. They might not show up right away. They might not show up at all. You might never know that one muscle is a little bit weaker, not as activated as another. That's great. They might show up in the form of a little twinge or discomfort. Typically a tendinitis is something that you feel as you're warming up. And as those tissues get warmer, you might not have any problems for the rest of your run. That would be a classic tendinitis symptom. It feels worse in the beginning. As you warm up, it feels better. Maybe after you're running or on your rest days, that part of your body starts bothering you again. It's still not happy. And when it's not warmed up anymore, then it might start bothering you. So a tendonitis is something that's that sort of low, dull ache that happens at the beginning of a workout and can get better as you go. It's a very common issue with these endurance sports, endurance events, when we're putting a lot of stress on our bodies, especially if we're building up mileage, maybe we haven't been as active in the last year, or um, maybe it's just the repetition of the activity that we're doing. So then it becomes really important to do cross training, to do other activities, to do strength training. If there's a specific joint specific um, area of your body that you're really feeling that stress, if there's a specific area in your body that you're really feeling that 
that stress in, there are some really great resources online for you to just look up hamstring strain, IT band tendonitis, Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis. Those are all very common, especially for running in triathlon. And there's some really great resources, just a couple simple exercises for you to do on those rest days, or maybe activation exercises for you to do before you go out and do your workout that can really help to correct that movement pattern. So you don't have that, that mechanical stress that's that your body's not happy with that would be caused an injury. When you feel something coming on, um, I feel like I know that all too well. <laughs> when, when like those little twinges that you start to feel, maybe it's tendonite, maybe it's like all these things that you just said, that's starting to creep up. The thing that will throw me when I, when I feel something coming on is like you said, like, well, it feels better when I start to run or like my foot feels better when I'm warmed up. Um, but then you'll wake up in the morning the next day and it's throbbing or, um, I had a stress fracture, not to scare anyone with the word stress fracture, but years ago I had a, uh, a stress fracture and that was the opposite because rest, I would feel better in the morning. And I was like, Oh, like I'm better because with a stress fracture, that's specific to a bone and it, it does feel better because it's been resting while you've been sleeping. And so the, how those little twinges change will like throw you off. And then you'll find that window where something feels better. And you push yourself too much in that window where something felt better. And you should have just like, like you said before, just loved on whatever part of your body that was, um, whether it was resting or stretching or an Epsom salt bath or any, any of the thing, all the things that you are an expert in, but yeah, how those little twinges change definitely has thrown me off. And I haven't been the best judge of those things in the past. And I'm sure people listening who are moving their feet right now can understand and, and know what that feels like too. Definitely. I think that's great too, that you've brought up a different kind of injury because yeah, tendonitis, those are the typical injuries that most people could get in these training plans. And these, um, those are the typical injuries that can occur with endurance sports, but yeah, there are other things that are different body tissues that become injured like bone ligament. Those things would be more high intensity and they're not going to respond well to that movement and warm up. Like you said, the stress fracture felt worse as you put stress on it, as you put weight through it and kept running. So if you're not able to, to manage those symptoms, if it's not getting better with just a couple exercises in a few days, if it's not responding to that loving loading pattern that you're trying to put on it, then definitely go see someone, get it checked out. You don't want it to get worse. And there are things that we can do on our own first. We can certainly try these things at home that we're finding People can reach out to me if they have a simple question about something, an exercise they can do for a certain body part or injury. But if we're not able to manage these symptoms on our own, then we definitely need to have someone else look at it because we don't want to, we don't want to overlook something like a stress fracture. Mm. General, these little twinges and pains that we get, if they're following that typical tendonitis pattern where they start feeling better after you're getting warmed up 
but maybe they bother you a little bit more on those rest days or when you're, when you're not running or at the beginning of your run, those are things that are calling out for attention, but they're not a showstopper for you. They're not something that's going to pull you out of race day. If you manage it well, you definitely want to address it quickly. So it doesn't become a bigger problem down the road and your body is strong and capable and adaptable. And it responds to the demands that you place on it. So you can place good demands on your body and give it what it needs and give it the attention that it needs. And then you can keep running. How, what would you say to folks who maybe feel those twinges, something coming on and it's like, well, it doesn't hurt enough to have to get this checked out, but I definitely know something's a little off maybe you're keeping it to yourself. I know whenever I've felt some pain, I keep it to myself. I'm not like, I've had to learn the hard way to communicate that maybe to like a friend or, or, or actually like see a specialist or get an injury screening. Um, what would you say to the folks who are a little intimidated, like don't, are just having a hard time gauging when to get this tweak checked out so that you're not getting a full-blown injury checked out that could have been looked at earlier. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. You can simplify into the typical injuries for these events that we're doing. They're going to be foot and ankle, knee, or hip. You can simplify it down to that. There's three different joints. There's lots of muscles that could be involved, but there's three different joints that could be involved. Is the pain at your hip? Is the pain at your knee? Is the pain at your foot or ankle? So just starting there, knowing what body part feels that, that injury or discomfort and trying to just do some basic injury, um, some, some basic research. So hamstring or it band symptoms, those are very common and you can find some great resources, a couple of stretches. You always want to do stretch and strengthening for any of these. Um, I'm calling them injuries. That seems a little bit too aggressive for what we're talking about maybe, but we're just going to call them an injury because there's a scale for the um, severity of an injury, right? So these little minor injuries, if it's your hip that has pain or your knee, it could be hamstring or IT band. And there's a lot of great exercises. So if you're doing anything for your IT band, your hamstring, if you're doing any kind of, um, if you're doing anything to give attention to that area, like stretching, doing some hip strengthening, and it feels better, great. You're on the right track. Keep going. Same thing with your knee or ankle. It could be your calf that needs some love, some attention. It could be um, the plantar surface of your foot underneath your foot, that plantar fasciitis or your big toe. All of those tissues underneath your foot come, could need some attention. So things like calf stretching, gentle stretching, rolling, um, some heel raises. There are some pretty basic exercises just for those joints. And if you're doing something gently, low load, giving it attention, giving it love, giving it rest, and it feels better, then you're on the right track. If it's something where you are trying to address the issue with a couple specific exercises, and in two or three days, it's really not feeling better, then that's, that's a go ahead for you to have somebody else look at it. So we all need to just like be more, <laughs> we all, yeah, I think all of us can just be a little bit better about 
or just like more like accept the fact that getting something looked at something screened like that's why you're here that's why remedy exists right <laughs> so that we can like there's so many resources and, and it's just so easy to just be intimidated by it or like you don't want to like go like oh well they're just going to tell me that I need to stretch why would I go in and see a specialist if they're just going to tell me that I need to stretch well oftentimes that's not the case it's not it's it, it is something that because we're getting older and because we have this plan to accomplish this big mileage event, we have to be, we have to be doing the right things for our body. And we have to be listening to our body and trying to address those areas and give those areas attention when they need it. Because something that could heal really easily in two to four weeks could become an issue that needs now three to six months to heal. Yeah. Because we continue to put that negative stress on it and that mechanical loading that it doesn't like. And that causes that, um, you know, micro damage to the tissue. We're continuing to do that stress without undoing those patterns. Mm-hmm. And if you wait a long time, then you're just going to be dealing with a longer injury. So just like your mental health, physical health, you need to address it and you need to take care of yourself. You need to listen to your body and make sure that you're doing good things Typically, the people we see participating in these events for Team World Vision, they have a big heart for the cause. And there are people who we are likely going to see participating in these events throughout their life. We need to keep ourselves healthy. We need to make sure that our bodies are able to keep up with our goals. We want to make sure we can accomplish these things in many, many years without injury, without pain. I see too many people living with pain for too long and it's not necessary. If we give our bodies the right things, they'll adapt to it, they'll respond to it, and they'll get better. So as we round out, we're heading into, well, we've already been in the dog days of summer, but we're definitely heading into even more just like really hot, long training days. But do you just have any words of wisdom for just training in the heat, training in the humidity? Yeah, it's been really hot out there. Um, I do think that it's it's cool for our bodies to to be able to train in environments that require a little bit more adaptation. I think it's, it's great to train in the heat, to train in the cold, just something that makes your body do a little bit extra is awesome. And the the fact that we have the ability to, to to do that, to control our temperatures internally. And um, it's just a different kind of challenge for our bodies, which I think is awesome, but there are definitely some things to do. I think as a general rule, two to three cups per hour of water while you're training in the heat. You want to make sure that you're drinking enough water, but also when you're training in the heat like that, if you're drinking too much water, that can be a problem because then you're depleting all of your sodium. So if you're feeling any symptoms, this is in general for training in the heat, but to monitor your water, try to stick to that two to three cups of water per hour 
Um, and then even some sports drinks, if you can, to supplement those electrolytes that you're losing. But don't be too freaked out about having too much water. Just think about in the heat with your water consumption and just as a general rule for training in the heat, look for things like a headache, nausea, vomiting in severe cases, um, feeling hard, like it's feeling like it's hard to breathe. Those are things that could be definite indicators to stop doing what you're doing and take a good break, sit down. Um, those are things that could happen on a bad day if it's really hot outside. So it's important to drink water and to replace electrolytes, but if you're overdoing it with the water consumption and you're losing too much sodium, that can be a problem. So just look for those things. Um, again, headache, nausea, vomiting, things that would be abnormal responses to training on a regular day for you. You wanna make sure that your clothing is good. You want something that's gonna be able to breathe, something that's lighter colors if you're in the sun, those things. But definitely train in the heat can be good for you. Most of us in these training programs are just realizing how awesome our bodies are, what we're capable of. And it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, what are you training? You, you mentioned your training for Ironman Wisconsin. How's your training going? Yeah, we're, we're doing it. So Ironman Wisconsin is in September and in years past, I've, I've not been great or focused at certain parts of the training plan, like swimming. So this year, my goal was to pay a little bit more attention to my swimming. And I've done a little bit of that more than I have in previous years, but I've been spending more time on my bike because we have a couple little kids. So sometimes it's harder to get out of the house and do a long bike ride. You have to have childcare. Ty, he's also doing the triathlon. And so we both can't leave the house at the same time. <laughs> so we've got this room set up in our house. We've got our bikes on trainers and a TV. So I find some good shows to watch and I'm able to do longer rides on the weekends and just watch TV or movies. So that part's going well. I think I'm doing an okay job following my training plan and doing a little bit better this year. So my goal is always just to finish what I set out to do with triathlon and I'll finish um, it just might be slow and it might be painful, but I think this year it's going to be a little better because I am putting more effort into the training plan. Yeah. So that's Ironman, Wisconsin. I started doing marathon with team world vision, and then I got more into triathlon. And I think it's a lot of fun to mix up the sport a little bit. It's fun to have some variety with the training plan and with the actual race day. I think the element of the transitioning, just a whole other whole whole new part of the sport is learning the transitions um all the gear that comes with triathlon i think triathlon is is pretty exciting and i think that's what i'll what i'll stick with from here on out it's a lot of fun so would you encourage our people listening moving their feet right now to sign up for a triathlon yeah definitely it's it's scary it's intimidating i think that triathlon can be intimidating because, well, most people don't know how to swim efficiently. You can probably swim for fun, but you might not know how to swim efficiently. Most people don't have a bike or have a bike that they think would be appropriate for a triathlon. Um, I think most of us have some experience with running. So triathlon can be a little bit scary to think about. So I think triathlon can be intimidating if you're not familiar with a couple of those events, but it, it's a new challenge mentally and physically, but it's really exciting to 
to bring all your stuff, race morning, to do one event. You're thinking about just getting through the swim, get through the swim, get through the swim. You finish the swim, you get on your bike, get through the bike, get through the bike. And you know, when you get off your bike, you're not going to have to ride that bike for a long time. And you're just going to start running and you can keep moving forward just with marathon. Same thing as marathon. You keep moving your feet and keep pedaling You keep swimming and you're going to make it to the finish line. And it's a lot of fun. I think people who start doing triathlon continue doing triathlon. Like the lead, cause you're married to Ty Eckert, who is, we are our beloved coach Ty. Um, coach who leads, Ty. Yeah. Coach Ty who leads our triathlon teams. And I mean, just one of the best experiences in this ministry. So anyone yeah. moving their feet out there who wants to get on a bike and don't worry about the swim. If you haven't swam before, most people on our team haven't swam before either. So it's true. And the thing that I, I know for sure about triathlon is that if I can do it, you can do it. I am there. I'm slow for these Ironman events. You have until midnight to finish. I am using all of those minutes all day long. I'm finishing near midnight. I'm just making the cutoff points, but I'm doing it. I'm able to do it. Coach Ty has been known to find bikes for people. He's giving you everything you need. Coach Brad develops the training plan for us. He works with the triathlon team at University of Colorado. He's awesome. Everybody is so encouraging. The team is wonderful. There are seasoned triathletes. There are new triathletes. And everybody is, you know, racing together and making sure that we're all going through the training weekends together. We're not leaving anybody behind. We're building each other up and we're we're all in it and we're all doing it. And we're making sure that everyone gets across the finish line and giving people what they need to make that happen. But it's logistics and it's it's different events and it's gear. There are some different challenges to it. It's not just having a pair of running shoes and going out and running anymore. It's a little bit um, a little bit more thoughtful logistics, but it's extremely possible. It's doable. It's a new challenge. It's awesome. And I'm not going to stop doing triathlon for as long as I'm able to do it. I'm going to keep doing it because it's, it's so much fun. The variety of it's awesome. The team is awesome. It's a really great experience. It's, it's just another endurance event that you make memories and there's challenges to it and you have embarrassing moments and you fall off your bike. Maybe even just when you're not riding it, you're just standing over it and you fall down. It happens (laughs) with the clip. Everybody does it. The first time they fall is always just standing with their bike. They're just straddling their bike and they fall to one side. It happens to all of us. So it's a new challenge and it's awesome. And I would, I would always recommend to anyone. Well, with that, we just appreciate you joining us on the podcast again, Callie. This is so great. And I'm honored to be here. I love talking about all things related to how awesome our bodies are and how to protect them so we can keep doing what we want to do. Thanks for running with us. We hope that you picked up on some good nuggets of wisdom and encouragement from Callie. And if you're in Chicago, go ahead and check out Remedy if you need an injury screening or you have any concerns. If you want to learn more, you can go to RemedyPTChicago.com. We also want to point you in the direction of our catch-up plan. If you are feeling behind, my friends, if you have not been on top of your miles, it is not too late. Go to TeamWorldVision.org forward slash training and check that out. You need to print out that plan, 
put it on your fridge or your bathroom mirror so it's staring you in the face, reminding you exactly what you need to do. Because friends, if you work that plan, you can make it to the start line and through the finish line and you can change lives. Starting on Tuesday, you all, you all, here it is. Tuesday, again, don't forget, we are gonna make some huge waves with our Summer Splash Double Up Day on Tuesday, starting at 5 a.m. Pacific Time, 7 a.m. Central Time, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, up to $300,000 of Double Up funds waiting for you to help you make an impact with every step you take, every mile you crush, every invitation. $300,000 is out there to help you smash those goals. So friends, lean in, have fun, and don't forget that every mile has a name, family, and life attached to it. Thanks for a great run today. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share.